Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, ideas for a new look to the Fatara scorecard. The federal CIO promises better data for accountability and a payoff on paybacks for the Technology Modernization Fund. It's Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast. Every afternoon, you'll learn what's going on today in government. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Francis Rose. Here's what's happening now. Gregory Robinson of NASA is the Federal Employee of the Year for 2022. He'll receive his award at the Service to America Medal Ceremony tonight at the Kennedy Center. Dr. Clifford Lane from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases is the winner of the Paul Volcker Career Achievement Medal for his work on HIV AIDS, Ebola, COVID-19, and other infectious diseases. The second round of bids on the Polaris contract from the General Services Administration is open. Service-disabled veteran-owned small businesses and hub-zone businesses are eligible to bid this round. GSA says the bid windows open till November 4th. You can read more about these stories and lots of other news at fedscoop.com. Voting's open for the 2022 edition of the FedScoop 50 now. You can vote for your choices till September 30th, and we'll announce the winners November 3rd. You can find a link to see the finalists and place your votes in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Fatara scorecard is up for a makeover. The new House IT Caucus will look at ways to change the scorecard. Richard Spires is principal at Richard A. Spires Consulting. He's former chief information officer at the Department of Homeland Security and the Internal Revenue Service, and he's author of Success in the Technology Field, a guide for advancing your career. Richard, welcome. It's good to see you. Some recommendations here from you and some of your peers and colleagues. Tell me about where these recommendations come from first, because I think that's important to give them the credence and context they deserve. Welcome, Richard. Sure. Yeah, well, uh, a number of us uh, within ACT-IAC have been talking about the fact that the not that the Fataris scorecard isn't good, but I think it has stalled somewhat. And I'm not sure it's really driving the kind of change anymore that it, it first did when it was uh, initiated back, what, five, six years ago now. And so uh, we've been pushing hard in ACT-IAC to, to say, hey, now's the time to really, uh, if you will, update the scorecard, uh, make it more meaningful um, and more aligned with what we believe that the CIOs should be driving within their agencies. And, and that was really this effort. And a number of us, some former CIOs together with some from the Hill and some you know, individuals with procurement backgrounds and the like, acquisition backgrounds, got together and, and really spent uh, a couple of months to, to come up with what, what we thought were meaningful changes to the scorecard, changes that could be implemented or where the data could be collected and read, made readily available. Um, I love you, Richard, but you sell yourselves too short. I mean, this the appendix to this project says project team members. This is a rock star list. Jonathan Album, Alan Balutis, Rich Butel, Dan Chenick, Casey Coleman, Margie Graves, Essie Miller, Dave Pounder, you, Dave Wintergren, Renee Wynn. You don't have to say it. I'll say it. Rock stars. All right. Let's get to some of the recommend uh, recommendations that you and your peers make here coming from that point of view. Um, the th- there's three of them that jumped out at me out of the eight that are here. And I want to talk about those and then commend this work to folks who want to look at all eight. Evolve the federal data center optimization initiative category to a cloud computing adoption category. It strikes me as 
interesting and maybe a little unfortunate that we haven't graded cloud computing on the Fatara scorecard on that uh, uh, until now, at least graded it per se, graded it specifically the way that you and your colleagues are proposing, right? Yeah, I think it's been a big miss and uh, one that we should really, as you say, that would be one of the top recommendations. And what we are recommending here is there's two elements to it. It's both the planning for it, meaning do you have a real plan that you know looks at all your legacy applications, puts priorities on those that should be moved or those that should be retired, and, and really have a game plan for how you're going to move aggressively with uh, cloud computing adoption, and then actually measuring how you're doing it. I mean, measuring yourself against your own plan. And I, I think I think that's what you need right now. And um, a number of agencies have moved out, but there's a lot of agencies that are still, in my mind, not strategically addressing this the way that they should. And, and that's really what the uh, the planning element of this would be measuring. Uh, what do you think is the reason for that? Is it simply because nobody's keeping track, nobody's measuring yeah, I, that stra- you know, that strategic move? I agree. I mean, I think that's right. I mean, everybody is dabbling with cloud computing, right? Everybody's doing some of it, but I don't think many agencies have taken that strategic approach. And that's really what we want to force here, that have you done the analysis work to really look at all your legacy apps and those that should be migrated, how they should be migrated, uh, and when they should be migrated. How do you measure strategy, though? There's there's such an yeah, artistic component yeah. to it as opposed to scientific, it seems to me. Yeah, you know, that's that's a great point. We, we try not to, to make this too complex. You know, we have another category around IT modernization, which is kind of strategy related to, do you have a good modernization plan overall? And what we're looking for are specific elements within those plans, like on the cloud computing adoption, do you, I mean, there, there, there are, and, and in fact, even out of OMB, there are guidance around how you should be looking at your legacy applications and, and putting them into different categories regarding moving them to cloud computing. Have you done that work? Is it documented well? I mean, we're not, you know, we're not trying to make this too complex, Francis. We're just looking for the artifacts that show you've done that analysis work. All right. The second one of these that jumped out at me is evolving, uh, uh, evolving the modernizing government technology act category to an IT budget category. What does that evolution look like, Richard? Well, first, you know, we keep the the idea here that that you should be doing um, uh, that you should be moving towards the use of budgeting as a strategic asset, like use of a working capital fund as an example, okay? So we keep that element of it, but then we add this idea that are you truly doing activity-based costing across IT? Now, a lot of that, I mean, is moved to this whole world of TBM, um, which is fine, but you don't have to necessarily use TBM. We say that you have to do activity-based costing. And where does that lead you? It ultimately leads you to benchmarking. Um, how do you know you're doing well in IT? Well, you want to compare yourself to other government agencies and you want to compare yourself to private sector organizations of the same size and complexity of your own organization. And and how do you do that? Well, you do that a lot through this activity-based costing kind of work. I mean, a lot of things, basic things that you provide, compute or standard applications like email and, and other kinds of collaboration tools, uh, those can be benchmarked today. Are you providing 
like an email uh, box to every one of your employees at a at a price per box that is, if you will, in the realm of what it should be, uh, benchmark to other organizations. And so that's really when you, where you want to get to. So this this measure would evolve to include those elements of the activity-based costing. Are you doing it? And then are you actually going to get an A? You actually have to show you're benchmarking yourself against other organizations. The third one that uh, jumped out at me is evolving the existing cybersecurity category by measuring an agency's cybersecurity posture. I imagine what you're getting at here, although in the summary it doesn't say it, it does further into the, the document. This is, it's time to move on from just looking at FISMA grades, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. And we say that directly. Yeah. I mean, we say it's not, it's a, a rear view kind of mirror look, and it's not actually helping agencies at this point. So, but, but we're trying to align ourselves where, um, you know, uh, where the administration is going with cyber and some of the initiatives that there, in fact, there's new guidance going to be coming out here if it hasn't hit yet. But the idea here is to measure things like, you know, are you really doing multi-factor authentication? And to what degree are you using multi-factor authentication across your key applications? Are you doing smart patching? Do you really have good asset management? Okay. Are, are you making real progress in zero trust architecture and implementation of that? And are you looking at your own supply chain risk management? These are the elements. And again, we're trying to make it fairly simple uh, grading, not overcomplicate this, at least to start. And then you could evolve that. Um, so I, I think good ideas here. Um, you know, let's, let's keep things relatively simple, but let's measure the things that everybody should be doing in cybersecurity to make their agency more secure. I wish we had time to talk about all eight, Richard, and we don't. We'll put a link um, to it. Uh, in the show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. But the overarching theme among all of, all eight of these, it seems to me, my takeaway was that more than ever, you're maybe not, this wasn't the intent, but this seems to be the result. If these recommendations were to be implemented, it would drive exponentially faster the collaboration among all four of the major CXOs in the C-suite of every agency, acquisition, human capital, because of the IT workforce category that you're suggesting. Um, you know, you have a note here about EIS and keeping that category the way that it is. That impacts the acquisition people. Uh, financial management and IT would work closer together than they ever have before, which we've seen in the five or six or seven years or whatever of Fatara has accelerated pretty quickly already. Is that a fair read? on my part. Yeah, I think that's a that's a very good observation. I hadn't thought of it quite that way in the past, but I think you're right. I think it would definitely drive better collaboration amongst the C-suite, which can only help agencies as they work to implement better IT and help the, the CIO shop. Um, and I would say the other thing is, frankly, this is good practice. The one I, I do want to leave you with is that, you know, we should we're measuring incremental development still every six months. Are you releasing things? We should be measuring, are you using Agile? Are you, have you moved to a real DevSecOps pipeline, demonstrable production pipeline? Those are the things now we should be measuring. And, and that's part of the recommendations that we make here on how you evolve the scorecard. There's a lot of stuff here, and it's, I can't think of a better group of people to take this on than the team that you're a part of, Richard. I appreciate you coming on and talking about it with me. Thank you, Francis.
You can find a link to the team's recommendations in full in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. I'm Francis Rose, the host of the Daily Scoop podcast. Leaders from the Defense Department, CISA, and lots of other government agencies are coming to Cyber Talks this year. It's happening Thursday, October 20th at the Waldorf Astoria in downtown D.C. You can find a link to the agenda and registration in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Technology Modernization Fund is just one of the priorities of the Federal Chief Information Officer, Claire Martorana. She listed TMF as one of those priorities in testimony before the House Oversight and Reform Government Operations Subcommittee Friday. In this highlight from that hearing, she answers a question from D.C. Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton about that priority list. I fulfill many statutory responsibilities on behalf of the director of OMB. Um, The role uh, is overall oversight of uh, information security, uh, management of IT resources, implementation of e-government services, and I also serve a role to convene across IT, across the entire IT enterprise of the federal government. So we determine priorities based on um, both the environment that we're operating in, When the administration um, began, we were in the midst, to your earlier comment, Mr. Chairman, on um, solar winds and the devastating impact that that had not only to the nine impacted agencies, but to every single federal agency. Because when we do have a cyber event, um, we do have to both uh, investigate and potentially remediate across our entire enterprise because if one of us is impacted, all of us are potentially impacted. So the role of the federal CIO um, is uh, really helping uh, federal CIOs in agencies manage this very complex operating environment with a complex set of rules, regulations, binding operational directives, Um, And it is really incumbent upon this role to make sure we are playing an oversight role, that we are measuring uh, where we are able to, that we are sharing best practices across uh, agencies. Every federal agency and CIO that I work with, we're all trying to solve the same problems. Um, We don't want to start from a blank piece of paper. So when one agency uh, goes on an IT modernization journey, for example, we want to make sure that we share those best practices across the entire federal enterprise. Uh, Well, may I ask you, how do you plan to operationalize uh, CIO's leadership and accountability across federal agencies? Yeah, currently federal CIOs um, are responsible for making sure that their environment is safe, secure, and that they are fulfilling FATARA, FISMA, um, and the president's management agenda. So we are receiving an enormous amount of data from federal CIOs, which is really an important part of our entire, both our oversight mission at OMB, as well as Congress's oversight mission. Well, as you know, empowering CIOs and then holding them accountable for using their authorities effectively is the goal of our subcommittee. Uh, It's biannual Fataris scorecard. So uh, may I ask you, how will you work with Congress 
to provide the public data and information that will help you in your efforts to highlight IT leadership and accountability. Yeah, we work very closely. Um, we try to be transparent in the reporting. Um, so we have an IT dashboard, which is publicly available. We also uh, publish out um, in each uh, agency's strategic plan. Um, IT is a critical component of all of those. So we are able to get a view, not only across the federal government from the compliance and reporting perspective, but also um, from the operational perspective. Federal CIO Claire Martorano responding to questions from Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton on Friday. Another highlight from that hearing now, featuring questions from the ranking member of that subcommittee, Georgia Congressman Jody Heiss. Ms. Martorano, as you know, and I mentioned just a little while ago, OMB is required to issue the cross-agency priority goals with an administration's first budget submission. Uh, that would have been February of this, uh, of this year. And for some reason, the Biden administration did not submit the cap goals on time. And at least to my understanding, I, I'm not aware of whether it's issued the cap goals even now. Uh, and as I referenced just a few moments ago, during the Fatara scorecard hearing in July, the lack of the cap goals prevented this subcommittee from receiving an accurate assessment of agency cybersecurity readiness. So my first question to you is really simple, and that is why is the administration not complying with the law? Why are they not issuing the cap goals on time? Thank you for the question. Um, I do. Uh, I did hear a little bit about what happened uh, after the Fatara hearing, and um, we take our role um, being responsive to Congress and the American people incredibly seriously. Um, it is my understanding that OMB is technically in compliance with GIPRA. Um, we are required to designate cap goals, which we did on August 9th of this year. They are publicly available on performance.gov. Um, uh, we are required to do that by the end of the full first fiscal year, and that is this year. So we are technically in compliance, but your point is really valid. We need data to make sure that we have transparency, that our data is accurate, that it is available, and again, transparent and actionable. So um, I am in agreement with you that this is a responsibility that we have, and we are working hard to fulfill that responsibility. Well, I would uh, challenge a little bit that, th sure. that they're in compliance. The uh, they're clearly not in compliance. The, the, the cap goals are due in February. That is not complicated. And they were not there. Uh, we could not perform our job in this subcommittee of oversight in July with the Fatara scorecard because this administration is not in compliance. We take it seriously. Yeah, I know you mm -hmm. said you do, and I don't have any reason to question you. But we, in this committee, take our job seriously. And we expect to have the information we need in order to do our job. Uh, the Biden administration is ignoring the intent of Congress with respect to the Technology Modernization Fund. The primary focus of TMF, as well as the underlying uh, Modernization Government Technology Act. 
the primary focus was to make meaningful progress in retiring legacy systems. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do. I personally have been in government agencies that are still using DOS programs. Crying out loud, this is unacceptable. We have got to retire these old legacy IT systems. Uh, and this, the, the whole thing was to create savings, which would then uh, be used to reimburse the fund. But the Biden administration is only requiring partial or even minimal reimbursement and emphasizing cyber projects and customer experience uh, projects, again, in and of itself. Nothing wrong with that, but it's not the intent of Congress. So, uh, you know, the, the question obviously is, uh, why should we believe uh, that under your leadership, the TMF has become nothing more than a slush fund? Um, I really look forward to having a very robust conversation with you about this. Um, the TMF board has always required repayment. We are focused on investing in projects that we know have a high likelihood of success. So what we do is we actually have redesigned the entire TMF process. Um, when I joined, we had three staff on the um, GSA side that were mostly doing financial administration of the TMF. We have, in the last year, um, put technologists on the TMF PMO so that we work closely with agencies in the beginning of their initial project proposals. We review them, and we review them with a uh, set of complex um, guidelines. Are they, do they have the staff on the ground to do the work? Do they have the right procurement vehicles in place to do the work? Do they have the right contracting partners in place to do the work? What exactly, how are they designing the project that they are undertaking? We have seen many IT failures across government, mostly because we have not taken the time up front to build an incremental plan to do IT modernization. So I would look forward to working with you and your staff and doing a detailed review of any and all of the projects um, that we are supporting under TMF. I think within the next year, you are going to see such dramatically improved outcomes from the TMF projects because we are managing them in a completely different way than we did previously by having technologists up front in every single um, part of the investment. We review our investments quarterly. If people are not hitting their milestones, we do not give them additional funding. We have brought all of government together. Um, if teams are failing at a component, we rally people together to be able to support them with the subject matter expertise that will help them be effective and efficient. So I look forward um, to uh, speaking with you and your staff at any time about um, the way that we are changing fundamentally the delivery and the outcomes for TMF, but we are staying core to IT modernization in government, and repayment is a very critical part of that for the fund. 
Federal CIO Claire Martirana responding to questions from the ranking member of the House Oversight and Reform Government Operations Subcommittee, Congressman Jody Heiss, on Friday. You can find a link to see the video of that full hearing in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop Podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you don't want to miss a show, you can subscribe and get the show every weekday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your shows and on any device you get your shows. And if you really like the Daily Scoop podcast, leave us a five-star rating and review. It'll help more people find the show. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher helped me put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. The Daily Scoop podcast returns tomorrow. Until then, I'm Francis Rose. Thanks for listening.